Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Incredible job. Thank you, guys. Why don't we thank the band? Awesome work today, as always. Well, as you've heard, Pastors Mel and Paula are on long service leave. They'll be away for a few weeks. I believe they're suffering in Santorini right now. It's all for the ministry. It's a great, great thing that they are taking a break, resting as the Lord commanded us to. So I get the pulpit, which is exciting. <laughs> you've, um, you've heard from in our Freedom Series, which we're in, in week three of today, you've heard the last couple of weeks uh, from Pastor Mel, you've heard from the incredible Pastor Alex Lee last week, and today, you get me. It's going to be okay. <laughs> uh, it's going to be great. So freedom, freedom, freedom. I'm going to start just by praying. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you sent your son that we might walk in the fullness of freedom. And Father God, we ask that today you would speak a fresh word into our hearts, into our minds. Lord God, that you would be showing us the areas that you want to you wanna do a work in today. And we thank you, God, Lord, that as you speak to us, your spirit moves in us. You are a God of action. You're a God who is true to his word. And Father, I pray across this place today that we would see transformation in the lives of those who are needing it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Awesome. So you may know that freedom's one of our values here at C3 Church Watson, along with belonging, growth, fun, and excellence. And freedom's one of our values because we believe that if we're gonna walk in the abundant life that Christ said he brought for us, and if we're going to live in the fullness of the purpose that God has given us, then we need to be walking in the spiritual freedom that we can only find in our relationship with God. And what I love about freedom, there's many things that I love about freedom, but one of the things that I love about freedom is that it is both our individual story, but also our collective story. Psalm 139 says that God has written every day of your life in his book. Your story is written every day. And the scriptures also say that when Jesus enters into your story, you go from being captive to being free in him. Freedom is your story. But spiritual freedom is also God's story of humanity. I think we can easily look at the past and the present circumstances and economies and politics and environments and human relationships and say, well, this, this is our story, but it's not. The world's story was written by the author and creator of all things. Isaiah 46 says, I make known, this is God talking, I make known, I declare the end from the beginning. The ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Humanity is living God's story. 
And the theme of freedom enters right in at the beginning of our narrative, at creation. And it continues to this day. Freedom was purposed for you and for humanity by God before time even began. And in the words of the author himself, it will stand. It will stand. So we're going to take some time today and just look back on our story. And we're going to glean some wisdom, hopefully, from what has gone before us. Who knows that human beings aren't great at learning from the past sometimes. Oh, look, I've been around that tree before. And again, we're going to glean some wisdom today from our story. And here's a spoiler. Our story of freedom is all about spiritual authority. Individually and collectively, it is about spiritual authority. To walk in freedom, we need to know our spiritual authority. So let's start at the beginning. Genesis 1. So God created mankind in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground. So here's God who has all power, all authority, all dominion and out of that he creates the world and he creates humans in his own image and gives us his authority. He gives us his authority to reign and to rule over the world. So you are made to rule in authority. You are made for it. And what's really important to to understand is that we were designed to rule in that authority directly out of relationship with God. The reason we walk in authority is because of our relationship with the one who holds all power and all dominion. Which means we are not designed to carry and rule in authority apart from that relationship. I want you to hold on to that point. Authority comes in relationship. Further along in Genesis, the Lord God took the man and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. I love that God uses that word free. You, Adam, are free to eat from any tree in the garden except this one. It's not good for you. The commands of God are not designed to limit you. They are designed to keep you walking in the freedom that he has for you. Psalm 119 says, I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. The boundaries of God's commandments keep us walking in freedom. So here God gives man a choice, the same choice that he gives you and I 
that we face every single day of our lives. Am I going to uphold that which God says above all else? Will I listen and will I follow his words? Do I believe that is the place of life and freedom for me? Because who you listen to matters. Who you listen to matters. In my household, I have two children, five and seven, and they love to fight. It's glorious. It's not glorious, but they love to fight. I believe it's training for bigger and better things. I'm believing that. But there was one particular day I heard them, they were playing in their bedroom, and they were interacting, and it started to get a little heated. And I was listening in, giving them an opportunity to to resolve it. And it came to the point where it escalated and one of my daughters said to the other, I am not listening to you. You are not the boss of me. Mummy's the boss of me. Too right I am. (laughs) The voice you listen to is the authority you uphold. So God said to Adam and Eve, don't eat that from that tree. And let's see what happened next. In Genesis 3, now the serpent, who we know is the devil, the enemy, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she, she took some, she ate it. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it also. The enemy wants one thing, to be exalted like God over all the world. Isaiah 45 says, this is talking of Satan, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. He wanted power and he wanted authority and he wanted dominion and he still does. And when Adam and Eve listened, listened to the enemy that day, followed his instructions, they for all intents and purposes said to him, you are now my authority. God is no longer my authority. And because the authority that God gave us was directly out of relationship with him, and that relationship was broken, we relinquished that authority. And what's more, back in Genesis 1, God gave humans authority over, you might remember, the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground, including the serpent. Adam and Eve allowed themselves to be made subservient to a creature that God had already given them dominion over. They already had it. 
And that is true for, you, for all of us today. That the enemy will only ever have the authority in our lives that we allow him to have, that we give him. See, Eve's first mistake that day was to have a conversation with the devil. It was a big mistake. Scripture in Genesis 1 says he's crafty, he's devious, he has plans, he has strategies to lie and deceive, to confuse, to put you off course, to make you question God, to make things that, that we shouldn't go near look appealing, to make us think they'll be good for us and that we're missing out. He has a spate of strategies. And we can see right here in Eve's response the very process of how we relinquish authority and step into sin. See, the devil presents a lie. It'll be wrapped up in something you've done. It'll be something about how you feel or think about yourself. Maybe it's wrapped up in something that someone else has done or something you want. Eve saw it. She entertained it in her mind. And sin always starts here. It always starts here in the mind. She entertained it in her mind. And then more than this, she took it and she ingested it. She took it into herself. In Matthew 4, Jesus finds himself in a very similar interaction with the enemy. Three times the devil tries to tempt Jesus. Three times he speaks lies and deception to Jesus to try to get him to do what he wants. And how did Jesus respond? Well, enemy, why don't you take a seat? Let's have a chat. I've been thinking about what you've been saying. Actually, I've been really thinking. I've been ruminating. I've lost so much sleep. It's been getting in me. It's been taking a hold. I'm not feeling so great about myself because I've been seeing the, the evidence that kind of supports what it is you've been saying. No, Jesus did not entertain the enemy. He did not have a conversation with the enemy. His response every single time was, it is written. In other words, this is what my father says. This is what the truth is. Not only did Jesus know the truth, but he upheld it in his life, in the face of the enemy. So many of us know the truth, but we fail to uphold it, to walk in it when the attack comes. Sometimes it's drowned out by another voice. Who are you listening to? I wanna ask you that question today. Who are you listening to? Because the enemy's not going to stop telling you lies. But you get to choose how you respond to those words that he speaks to you, to the things he brings against you. We can entertain them or we can declare it is written. This is the truth. Because when we ingest together and make coverings for themselves, and then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? 
And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So here we see the process of walking into slavery. I've heard from the enemy. I've listened to what he had to say. I've listened to his voice. And God's authority is undermined in my life. I gave up my authority to those lies, to those words. I acted on them. I sinned. I went against what God had said was best for me. And now I want to move away from God taking me further away from the very place where I find freedom and healing from sin. So in my household, we play hide and seek sometimes. You've probably played it yourself at different times. I was playing hide and seek with my daughters one day and um, they went off, ran away giggling to find their hiding places and I came looking for them and I walk into the first room where I know they are because I can hear them from the other side of the house. But I walk in and I, you know, do the thing, I pretend, oh, where are they in here? Are they under this bed? I don't know where they are. You do that, right? And I found them. And off they trod to their next hiding place. And I walk in and their feet are sticking out from where they've hidden, like four little legs sticking out from where they, they were hiding. And uh, again, oh, where are they? Spend a little time, find them, off they go to their third hiding place. And I walk in to this room and they're moving, 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 rustling, 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 giggly, giggly, you know, and I think, oh. and I said to them jokingly, you two are terrible hiders. And as soon as I said it, I heard the voice of God say, and so are you. And so are you. Because I'd been wrestling with some stuff. I'd been struggling with some stuff. And I didn't think I should be struggling with that. I didn't think I should be feeling the way that I felt. You know, humanity, it's, it's different. You know, we have feelings and then we have feelings about the feelings that we have. And it's hard work being a human. But I was struggling and I didn't feel like I could take it to God because I was ashamed of the struggle, so I had kept it from him. I was a terrible hider, a terrible hider. There's two ways the enemy will keep us away from God in our sin. One is shame and condemnation, the other is fear. See, earlier in Genesis, it says that Adam and Eve were both naked and they felt no shame. Their physical state had not changed at all, but their spiritual state had, and now they felt shame. Their nakedness represented full vulnerability before God. He sees everything. Not just the physical form, but everything in us. He sees it all, and that is a really good thing. But if I, like Adam and Eve, have these lenses of shame and fear, then my vulnerability is terrifying. 
and I'm not going to go anywhere near God. If I'm ashamed of what it is I carry, if I think he's going to punish me, if I'm afraid he's disappointed and angry with me, I'm not going near him. I'm going to run the other direction, which is exactly what Adam and Eve did. They tried to cover their sin and their shame, and they hid. What in your life causes you to want to hide? What do you want to cover? Because I want to say lovingly to you today, you are a terrible hider. You're a terrible hider. See, when the enemy causes us to separate from God, you step further out of the relationship under which the authority that you carry is upheld. And the sin that you carry is dealt with. 2 Corinthians 3, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We want to be where the Spirit of the Lord is. Just as God did in the garden with Adam and Eve, he is looking for you. He's calling out, where are you? Where are you? That's for your benefit, not his. See, when Adam answered God, God said to him, who told you you were naked? Who told you? God knew, but God needed Adam and he needed Eve to see it. Whose voice are you listening to? See, the devil is called the father of lies. He is not able to tell the truth. But God can only speak the truth. Only speak the truth. He is unable to speak lies. And as John 8 says, it is the truth that sets us free. See, later in Genesis 3, we read that God made garments of animal skin for Adam and Eve and clothed them. Such is the heart of the Father for us that even in our sin and shame, even where we've fallen short and moved away from Him, He is wanting to cover us. He is wanting to protect our vulnerability. And this was just the precursor. God, it was not going to be an animal sacrifice to make clothing. It would be a human one. His son, Jesus, who would overcome sin once and for all. See, in death, in his death and, and resurrection, he defeated sin so that you would never need to carry shame never need to walk in fear and never need to be separated from the love of the Father. And the Scripture says that through Jesus' sacrifice, we are now clothed in righteousness. It's not a temporary covering anymore. It's an eternal one. And we walk in righteousness.
So wherever you are right now, whatever it is that is hidden in you, whatever it is that makes you feel like you want to hide from God, turn to Him. Pick up your shame, pick up your fear and walk it straight into His presence. He is wanting to set you free. It is the place of freedom in His presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Father, we thank you, God, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we thank you, God, that you made a way for us to walk in the fullness of freedom. And we thank you, God, that you equip us every day of our lives to stand, God, in truth and to reject lies. And Father, I pray right now across this place and for all those who are watching online, that for the things that you are revealing, God, in us, Lord God, that you would come right now by your Spirit and you would bring freedom in Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now, God, that you would cause your truth, just know it, but that we would walk in it. Father God, that we would boldly declare it is written over my life. It is written over my circumstances. It is written over my relationships. It is written. We thank you, God, for the power of truth. Let it have its way in us today. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.